Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Tuesday, April 18th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith uh, with you. One of those days here with the uh, technical <laughs> in the background. But we're finally here, and we're ready for this Tuesday edition of the uh, show. And we're happy to have another guest joining us. Uh, played many years pro hockey, Matt Sierazinski, and also an Ice Guys viewer and listener. Uh, he's been tuning into, you know, a bunch of our shows here the last uh, few weeks, few months. Uh, has enjoyed the show, and... We're happy to have him on the show. Matt, welcome to the Ice Guys. Glad to have you on. Thanks for having me. Yep, uh, viewer, uh, watch the the episodes, try to get on daily. And um, Ian and I reached out on, on LinkedIn and um, respect what you guys do and the information you give. And, um, you know, definitely helps, should help everybody out in the world of sports betting. Yeah, there's no uh, question. So glad to have you with us, uh, just as we always do with the player on with uh, with us on with us, I should say, for the uh, first time. Uh, talk about the uh, hockey journey and uh, the years you played. Yep. So I um, graduated from the University of Vermont. Played um, the first. That was when they switched over from the ECAC to the Hockey East. So we were actually the first uh, when I was a senior, the first year in their Hockey East, and uh, that was a big jump from uh, ECAC to hockey east um after that rode around the minors um played in the uhl with the fort wayne comets um echl cincinnati cyclones won a kelly cup in 2008 um played there two years had some really good teammates really good teams um you know my centerman the year we won it was david deharney who ended up playing in montreal having a good career there uh he was about five 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 six he's he was in the ECHL and probably should have been in the NHL. So we, we definitely benefited from, from him being in the league. Um, played there two years, came back to Fort Wayne. They formed a new international hockey league. Uh, we won the cup there as well, um, the IHL cup there. And then um, came back to Fort Wayne, um, played some mop-up time in Florida Everglades. I live in Fort Myers now. So uh, during the lockout, filled in a few games for Brampton and Florida and uh, Learned very quickly how out of shape I was. Uh, you still got me beaten at the department, so you're okay. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. me too. You're waiting and showing up when you're the host here of the Ice Guys show over the last several months and years. So believe me, you're not doing too bad, I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Uh, no question. How have you enjoyed the uh, playoffs so far, Matt? Uh, obviously just one night, but uh, how much hockey have you and how much, your betting interests, how did they start? Yeah, something, um, I guess my dad uh, is into it and some friends. Um, we play, um, you know, as, as you ride the minors and stuff, you're on buses, you're living in apartments, all living on the same floor. Um, you know, everybody dabbles in it. And nowadays it's becoming more mainstream where I guess it's okay to talk about it and be upfront about it as, you know, bar stools making it big, you know, having these uh, coming into different states and stuff, DraftKings. So it's going to be more mainstream, but it's something I think we've all pretty much dabbled in. I just don't think we had the ability to talk about it back in the day, you know, going on these illegal websites and everything else, trying to uh, bet back in the day. But um, 
the playoffs, yeah. I mean, um, I, like I admitted already, I fell asleep. I wish I could have watched the OT games. Um, when I went to bed, I thought Edmonton had it wrapped up. I think they deserved to win. Um, other than I think the only negative thing I'd say is that there was a lot of power plays last night. I was surprised how many uh, special teams I think the Kings had six power plays, which played a major role in then coming back. So uh, as an old school player, I, I kind of like the you know playoffs, let them play. Um, so I guess I was surprised at the amount of special teams in the first night and probably yeah. moving forward. No question. It was it was an issue. And uh, we'll get into the recap on last night in just a second. Uh, but before we do that, first time guests, we get a first time highlight clip from your playing days. So we got something queued up and this got to be one of the biggest moments and maybe biggest goals you scored, believe it or not, in your pro career. Let's uh, take a look and roll it. This is with the Cincinnati Cyclones, by the way. Look at that double overtime double game winning overtime. goal, Kelly Cup playoffs. Do you have great recollections of that? I'll be honest, I don't know who's more excited you jumping up in the air, or the play by play guy. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we used the play by play uh, hammer. Second overtime, you know, it was funny the shift before that. I had a wide open net and I shot the puck wide. And uh, as soon as I came back to the bench, uh, we were all getting exhausted by second overtime. Um, puck just found me again. Um, the cool thing about Cincinnati is, um, when I first played there, literally on Wednesday nights, they try to have dollar beer nights, dollar hot dog nights. We'd have like 400 fans. I mean, the arena there is the old uh, IHL barn. I think it holds like 13, 15,000. We yeah. had nobody in the stands. And uh, the year we won the cup in 2008, we were actually in the hockey news because we had like a 23-game win streak. It was like the longest streak at the time in minor league hockey. And uh, the fans kept growing and growing and growing. And, you know, Cincinnati's not really a, a title team uh, lately. Um, back then, I mean, that was 2008, 2009. The Bengals were bad. The Reds were bad. And the fans kept growing and growing where when we finally played the uh, Kelly Cup against the Las Vegas Wranglers, we actually sold out uh, in the finals. So it was neat. And they had a whole parade downtown for They us. wanted to see a winning product. They, they, they right. weren't seeing yeah. shit back in those days. <laughs> we went from like 400 fans to the end of the year, having like, you know, almost a sold out barn. So it was really neat to, nice. to grow the product there. And we had some really good players, um, play in those years. It was, uh, we had an affiliation with Montreal and Nashville and that kind of helped out too, but we had some great players. I ended up playing in the NHL. So did Vegas. When we played Vegas, in the finals, they had some NHL players. Yeah. Um, it was cool. Yeah, I think Derek England was on that that, that Wrangler team, if I'm not mistaken, and ended up playing, of course, with the home team in the NHL, uh, the Golden Knights later on. Too. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of sports betting, you know, you're staying in uh, – I can't even remember the, the hotel we stayed at. It was the Orleans? The yeah. The, yeah. Mm -hmm. would, uh, you know, so you see the, you know, Cincinnati Cyclones on the board, and, you know, of course you're not allowed to bet, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you walk by it when you're walking to the rink every day. Uh, I think some guys dabbled at it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Were you guys favorites, like, or do you, do you remember? <laughs> no, we weren't, actually. Um, <laughs> I think Vegas was the favorites because, you know, it went from a 2-3-2, two, two, so it was three games out oh, there. Okay. Um, we were the – I think we won the, you know, the president. That makes sense. Through. They want to conserve, you know, travel, you know, and yeah. conserve yeah. expenses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so that's a two-three-two format. Doesn't surprise me for the uh, minor leagues, but uh, it's always fun when we take our guests down memory lane for that first. Well, time I mean, in Vegas, like their I mean, ice guys night. baptism, if you will. We play a highlight clip first time they're on the show. <laughs> that's cool. Well, you know, I'll, I'll admit this too. We um, the last night in Vegas, we were going up three-two um, in the series, and you know, we weren't allowed. <laughs> we weren't allowed to go out. So a couple of us older guys, of course, we're in Vegas, you know, first time we have to go out. So good luck instituting those rules in Las Vegas. We ended up going out and the coaches caught us in the uh at the lobby coming back in. So um we got fined. And that next game, um the three guys that got caught, uh, I scored the game winning goal to clinch it. My roommate got the assist and the other guy scored another goal. So the three guys <laughs> that got caught in the lobby actually were the tombstones to uh clinching it for us in game six. There you go. So Proof that you yeah, can go. You can go out and have them. some fun. Like, you can go out and have some fun as long as you, you get the work done, and that's that's what counts at yeah. the end. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> Put in work, score the goals, help us win, do all the things on the ice you need to help us, and yeah, you're fine. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, that's basically. <laughs> probably that's what we thought at the time. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Good stuff. Um, all right. Last night, uh, game not game. Yeah, game ones. I guess you could say night one of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the Carolina and Boston victories. They were pretty status quo. I mean, the Hurricanes, just a defensive blanket all over the New York Islanders. It was a very impressive game. Uh, Rod Brindamore looking like a genius for starting anti Ranta, who was very solid uh, in that game. I know the, the one goal that actually beat him is probably one he probably wants back. Went off his goal stick and deflected in. I think that's probably a save he's got to make. But, no, once again, Carolina ex just exemplary defensive coverage. I mean, that's the strength of their team with Pesci and Slavin leading the way on the blue line. Uh, and, uh, look, they scored just enough. I still think offense is going to be harder to come by. It has been harder for them to score goals since Andrei Svechnikov uh, went down with that season-ending injury. Uh, that was nice, too, to see him in the arena get the uh, storm surge going uh, at the beginning for the uh, home fans. So that was a cool uh, uh, little thing that Carolina did there, but a nice victory to start the series for them. I say the draw is still going to be live in that series. It was last night, even though the overtime just fell short. We're going to see a lot of tight checking one goal, close hockey games throughout that series. And we certainly saw it last night in that two, one win. And then Boston, um, you know, what's scary for everybody that's uh, in the Stanley cup playoffs, especially in the East that was like the C-minus game for the Boston Bruins last night. Like, that was not a great hockey game by Boston. The passes weren't clicking. You know, I don't think they got as much time in the offensive zone. And Jim Montgomery said it in interviews to Emily Kaplan multiple times during that game last night. Like, we're just not getting our offensive flow going right now. We're not spending as much time in the O-zone. And Florida was doubling up Boston in shots, you know, at one point. But before you start saying, wow, Florida was robbed, yeah, they out, I think they carried the play. They had the puck more often. They had more shots. I don't think they had a great amount of high-quality, high-danger chances, though, uh, against the Boston Bruins. They kept a lot of things to the outside, but they did control the flow for a good portion. It's just that they did not generate a high amount of great chances, you know, off of those shots that they had. Uh, and, um, you know, Boston only needed a couple uh, to go in. And I feel for Alex Lyon because in the first period, he's spectacular. No question. He's the reason it was only one nothing for Boston after the first period. Made a couple of just remarkable post-to-post -post saves, odd man rushes, breakaway stops, just absolutely outstanding. And then you see the second goal from Brad Marchand go in against him. You know, hits his glove and goes in. It's obviously a 70-mile-per-hour, you know, uh, EFIS pitch, if you will, to make to compare it to baseball. That's what it looked like 
that shot from Marshawn. That's how much lack of velocity it had behind it. And it just squeaks in off the glove of Lyon. Look, he's got to stop that. Even he'll admit that. And it's unfortunate because he was playing so well up to that point. And then after that goal, he actually played pretty well the rest of the game for the most part. So it was, it's a tough decision now for Paul Maurice, now that you've lost game one. You know, do you really go back go back to Bobrovsky? Do you really penalize Lyon for just one loss and that one bad goal he gave up when really other than that he was pretty good? You know, you got to generate better, higher quality chances, but that's easier said than done. Boston put just a defensive clinic on display in that third period with the three to one lead. Florida got nothing in terms of great chances. They had the goalie pulled, Alex, in the last two minutes. What did they get out of that? Zip. Zilded, did they have a really, really quality, high-danger look that entire time in the last two minutes with an extra attacker against that Bruins team? They didn't. So I'll turn it to you, Alex, for these first two games in the East last night. If I'm boss, if I'm Florida, missed opportunity, and if I'm every other team right now, I'm looking at Boston last night playing by far not their best game and still winning. That's a scary thought. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was literally a shitty effort for Boston, of course, with the stomach no that's going around. No Bergeron. Uh, and all of a sudden, you got everybody coming out there, and, and they're still rocking and rolling. And it wasn't, like I said, Alex Lyon was fantastic. I, I think it would be a really bad move to switch him out right now. Stick with him for game two. Uh, let him see what you, what you can do. And, of course, like I said, you know, if you're Florida, you can't give up hope because you play, did play well. You didn't get completely crushed. Uh, and if Bobrovsky had started that game, it, we're probably talking about a six-one Boston win instead of a uh, you know three-one. So it's it's the thing here is that Boston, like I said, they're just only going to get stronger as they get healthier, and if they get Bergeron back, if this you know flu bug can get get out of the room quickly, uh, you know I, I stand by everything I've said about Boston. And it's funny the EA Sports simulation came out and it showed Boston winning the cup, only losing five games, which is what I exactly I said about three and a half weeks ago. So. Uh, so far, so good for Boston. Just hope they can keep it rolling. And with the Carolina Islanders game, it's it's really interesting because the uh, the the Canes are gonna have to play Islanders hockey to win this series, essentially. And that's, that's what they did last night. And and Auntie Ranta stood on his head. I took a shot with uh, the Islanders to try to get the tying goal late. And I mean, he just you know stood tall and uh, on multiple flurries. But you know. The Islanders have to find a way to bring that kind of pace and intensity offensively for 60 minutes. It's like they only get, you know, these great offensive chances in the last three minutes when they're down a goal, the game's tied. It's like, why can't you play like this in the first 10 minutes of, of the contest at any point in the, in the season? Uh, I just don't understand that. So that's a frustrating thing if you're if you're an Isles fan or, or an Isles better. You know, you, you're, you're wishing that they could put together that kind of, uh, uh, of offensive pace early in a contest, and if they can't, then, you know, you're playing right in the Carolina style. Carolina will possess the puck and slow you down and wear you out and then chip away. And, you know, first power play attempt they get, they score a goal, you know, find a way to, to you know, get some quality chances and, uh, you know, tons of shots. So it's going to be an interesting series there. And I'm really glad that I stuck with the just keeping it simple, playing the home team to win every game. That's still alive after game one. And uh, hoping we can just keep that train rolling as well. I played that correct series win order bet two ways, though, in that series. I bet the way you did, but I also have one where it's Carolina, Carolina, Islanders, Islanders, Carolina, Islanders, but then the Islanders I, winning in so, game seven. That makes sense, too. Yeah. In Carolina. So I sprinkled a little on that one, too. But I do expect home home ice is going to be the dominant theme in that. Actually, it wouldn't shock me if Carolina goes up 2 nothing after a game two. And then we get back to a UBS arena, and we could go back to Carolina That's tied again. That's actually, that's absolutely genius because now you have a free roll in game seven. So, yeah. That's right. 
Yeah. yeah, and you're going to get a big plus price ticket cashed either way yeah. uh, if it gets yeah. to game seven and it nice. follows. And, of course, it follows that pattern with the home yeah. team winning. Uh, Matt, those now you mentioned you fell asleep later in the night, so I assume you were up for the entirety <laughs> of these early two games here in the East. Uh, what did you think of uh, Carolina and Boston's victories? Yeah, I mean, Boston uh, without Bergeron, at, at first I think because there's a flu bug going around, I think they thought he was sick, but – guess he was around the whole team yesterday so i don't think he's sick i think he's got more going on there um you know florida outshot them early but boston's chances were better i mean lion uh stopped a couple two-on-ones it should have been goals i think you go back to him it's not his fault they lost um but yeah boston's not best effort um you know florida to me they just they just need to go to the net they got rebounds and stuff i mean they can't be um perimeter hockey team i know boston's early two pps that helped i mean the early pasta scores right away i mean that that hurts and then later in the period florida gets a power play and, and boston's number one pk in the league so they just gave up nothing there um i think the series is going to be close um i like florida's chances in game one i actually played them first period money line uh which lost um i thought they would maybe jump on them first but they're in trouble um boston's going to be better next game and with or without Bergeron, um, you know, they're the best team in the league for a reason. Carolina, Carolina played Carolina hockey. Islanders, you know, you, you kind of, they're the, the worst team. And Carolina is obviously better. Sorokin is their only chance. And how much better can he play in game two or three? I mean, you got to rely on the guy. He played great. But I don't know where you go from there if you're the Islanders. Um, how much better can he play? Because Carolina is a, a tremendous team. And um, like you said, Ranta was the right call. It was Great call. So um, that's it. You know, Carolina and Boston, like you said, they did what they had to do. And, I agree uh, with, the, with the call. Ronta was certainly uh, – Ronta played great in the playoffs in the first round in particular last year. And then I think he got – as he all yelled all those games in a row for all – you know, for someone that's not used to starting that many, you kind of got worn down. But uh, it was the right call, and he had a nice uh, game one. And then in the West, Wow. The West is where it was at last night because those two games were uh, wild, to say the least. No pun intended. And we'll start there with the Wild uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, give uh, the Wild credit. Undermanned, no Joel Erickson Eck uh, in that game. Um, John Klingberg, the former Dallas Stars defenseman, and Anaheim before he got dealt to Minnesota. Also a late scratch, late absence for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, and uh, they find a way. And to me... You know, you can only go so far with Dallas, you know, deserved the win and didn't get the win rhetoric because I thought in the first period they weren't good. I thought Minnesota was better uh, in the first period than the uh, Dallas Stars. And then after that, it was basically Dallas definitely controlled the second period, the third, and certainly overtime. Uh, there's no question. That being said, at the very beginning of the first overtime, that's when Minnesota had two of their best chances. And Jake Ottinger made a couple of incredible saves. The goaltending on both sides was phenomenal last night. Philip Gustafson and uh, Jake Ottinger, uh, a great uh, display uh, in net. And for Minnesota, undermanned to pull that one out. And uh, look, it's a classic overtime type of goal in that it was a bounce off a skate in the corner. Pops all the way out to the front of the net. The defense is completely out of position. Nobody sees that coming if you're Dallas, and there's Ryan Hartman all alone. Puts it in past Ottinger for the uh, game winner. The controversial moment in the game, the Joe Pavelski uh, hit that he took at the hands of Matt Dumba. Look, I mean, it's, it's gut-wrenching to me as someone that took Pavelski top goal scorer and point scorer in the series, and now there's a real chance he's not playing again 
for the rest of this series, concussion symptoms. In fact, I'm planning on him not playing game two, and I'm planning on him not playing the rest of this series. And it hurts because I thought that was a great prop bet. And now it's gone to shit because of that damn hit from uh, Matt Dumba. And I'm the only thing I'm angry about is that Pavelski was on the receiving end of it. I'm not in the camp of that was dirty. That was that was, you know, that was a little bit late, just a tad late. But, you know, it wasn't I've seen a lot worse than that. And I can't even, you know, gripe too much about the uh, five minute major penalty on Dumba being rescinded. You know, I think that was a call that I, I, I actually agree with it. I think that's the right way to go. And even if you see Peter DeBoer on the uh, bench getting the explanation from the referees after they took the five-minute major down and made it a two, he wasn't losing his mind. He wasn't losing his shit. He realized that's probably the, the right call. I'm disappointed, but that's probably the right call. He wasn't you know, overly upset about it. What I am upset about with is the misconduct that was given to Domi. Like the guy is just trying to defend his uh, his guy, his team, like the one of the leaders of the team, and one of your most important players, especially when you factor in the way he plays uh, at playoff time. Uh, and uh, he was just trying to step in there. I thought giving him a ten minute misconduct was a little bit much, uh, a sign that we're trying to do away with good old fashioned hatred and bad blood in the playoffs, which I also don't like. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, uh, the game kept going from that point. I don't want to also say that Dallas lost the game because of the, you know. Matt Dumba incident, you know, or uh, because they had a million chances. They hit the post, by the way, on that power play. Rope Hints did right before Hartman scored the game winner. Uh, just it was back and forth game. Minnesota got the uh, overtime goal. And by the way, it wasn't as lopsided as you'd think. There's people that say Dallas dominated the game. Uh, you know, I think in the overtime, they certainly controlled the game at the better play, but it was even, you know, early Minnesota was better. Dallas came on stronger as the game went on. Bottom line is this is a close series. These are two very good hockey teams. It's going to go probably seven in my opinion. So a three, two overtime win for Minnesota. Uh, and now we see the status of Pavelski. If he's out, it means you need more from Hints and Robertson and uh, you know, and Wyatt Johnston had an incredible chance. He just shanked it on a wide open net. He had two and one of the chances. And then of course, Brock Faber with maybe the save of the game outside of the saves Gustafson made, you know, sprawling, getting a stick on what was a yawning, gaping cage for Mason Marchment uh, during overtime. And uh, I figured if at that moment, like, doesn't this feel like Minnesota's game to win now after he made a play like that? And sure enough, they did. And then in the other game, LA Edmonton, I mean, uh, Oilers, I was getting worried for Edmonton after the second period because they had this incredible red hot start. They were on fire to begin that game. And it could have been four, five, nothing in the first period without Corpusalo. The work of Corpusalo to keep that game within reach for LA was exemplary and shouldn't be lost on anybody. But it they got up to that two nothing start. McDavid's going wild. Leon's doing a tap dance on the Kings. It's looking like it's going to be an easy night for Edmonton but then there was this lull and they never got to a three nothing and in the second period you know LA was starting to carry the flow a little bit more and then the second period ended two nothing and I'm like this is still very much a hockey game and sure enough wouldn't you fucking know it LA scores early in the third it's two to one and like it's game on you know at that point uh, LA right back into it and you thought even then after that you know Dreisaitl makes it three one and I'm like oh that's a good big goal but Still a lot of time left, 3-1. And sure enough, just minutes later, Adrian Kempe gets his second goal after getting the first goal, makes it 3-2. What a player he's been, continues to be for the LA Kings. And then they tie it. You know, an ill-timed penalty uh, late in the third period allows the Kings to have a six-on-four, and they tie the game 3-3. Kopitar finds it in a mad scramble, uh, buries it into a wide-open net, 
And then, of course, in overtime, a bad penalty taken by Dayarnay. And look, I know he was upset. He was angry. But it was a it was a penalty. It was a bad penalty to take. I know he, he should be upset. He should be yelling at himself. You know, not the referee. And L.A. with a beautiful passing play to finish it off. I follow in overtime. And a real tough loss for Edmonton. But if I'm Edmonton, I don't panic. You know, could have won that game. Had the lead majority of the game. We lost game one at home to the Kings last year. And we still won the series. So no reason to panic. But still, real tough loss for Edmonton. Uh, Alex, uh, thoughts on the uh, Western games last night? Yeah, so I'll start with the Wild the Stars because I watched the majority of that game. I kind of missed the early part of, of Edmonton, L.A., just trying to flip back and forth. But Minnesota and Dallas, I mean, this is just it's the, the epitome of playoff hockey, right? Like, you know, two teams that don't like each other, they have the history. Uh, it's all the animosity. And, of course, now things being built up with, uh, you know, not well, just – physical Matt game Dumba. of the night it was, too. Absolutely. You know, Matt Dumba, of course, the hit on Joe Pavelski. He's, you know, public enemy number one in the state of Texas, just like, uh, you know – Studer is not liked here in, in Minnesota for many different reasons, but you can add the fact that he was pretty much trying to chop uh, Kaprizov in half all night. Uh, so it, you got the dirtiness and chippiness. But the reason why you cannot get rid of fighting in, in this game is after that dumb hit, like you said, it's insane that Max Domi gets a 10-minute misconduct for sticking up for, for his guy. Dumba just goes in turtles when he should have just stood up and, and fought Domi. It would have probably settled everything down. But even after that, fine. Okay, you, you assess those penalties, correct? As soon as Dumba gets out of the box, he should be fighting somebody. Somebody should have been there to challenge him. And that momentum swing may have gone either way. Instead, all the momentum from the penalty kill went straight to Minnesota. They scored the goal to tie it up. And that thing stays tied and goes all the way until double overtime. Fighting is a part of hockey. And it's not just about policing themselves. Nice. It's also about building and, and taking away momentum. And when you talk about the playoffs, Momentum swings are humongous, and, and that was the really big momentum swing for Minnesota. Like I said, it didn't cost Dallas the game. Dallas had a million chances in the third and in both overtimes, as did Minnesota. But, you know, controlling those momentum swings, and there were a bunch of missed calls on both ends. The, the, the refs really kind of got in the way late, uh, and, and that's what created some of those chances. So I'd like to see less ref involvement in game two and beyond, and, uh, you know, just let the players play, and this is going to be a, a really fun series. And is it Minnesota has a puncher's chance? As much as I like Dallas, I still like Dallas to win the series. Uh, you know, Minnesota's got got that got the fight, they got the energy, and the fact that they're at least able to steal one on the road is is massive for them. So uh excited to see what happens with game two and beyond. And that one, like I said, with Edmonton LA, I missed the earlier part, but I saw you know the goals where Edmonton was up early, and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, LA had struggled against Edmonton those last two times they played in the regular season. Maybe something's changed now where this may not be as tight of a series, but then you see the collapse, and then, you know LA comes back, wins it in OT. Like I said, no no reason to hit the panic button yet for Edmonton, but you have to win Game Two if you're the Oilers. You cannot afford to go down 0-2 and head uh, out to LA. So that's going to be a massive game for them coming up. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Uh, and if they're down two nothing, they're in some trouble. But I will also say this: I'll counter it with this: Edmonton's road record this year has been phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and if there's one team that can actually win two in the on the road in la and they've won in la multiple times this year alone it's edmonton so I, even at two nothing down i don't think they'd be out of it because they can go on the road and tie this thing up they've they, they actually been better on the road this year edmonton uh, yeah. than at home believe it or not so but yeah it would still be behoove them for sure to tie this series up in, in uh, game two we'll see if they are uh, able to do that uh and by the way I just want to point this out because it's an interesting factoid, especially me with my interest in the broadcasting side of things. Bob Wachusen, Brian Boucher, and Leah Hextall 
the three uh, person crew that did the uh, Wild Stars game, they're doing crack and avalanche tonight for uh, ESPN uh, in Colorado. So you think they're going to be a little hungover, a little bit tired after <laughs> last night? I would think so. And then having to get yeah. into Colorado late last night and call a game tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll see if uh, how much uh, energy they've got in their system after uh, that double overtime affair and now calling a game tonight as well. Uh, Matt, what did you think of the two West games? I know you fell asleep late, but uh, thoughts from them. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you with the um... – I think Minnesota controlled almost half the game. I mean, when Dallas went up 2-1 early in the second, I think they were being outshot almost 2-1 to at that time. So the resiliency of Minnesota, I mean, Gustin was outstanding. As the game went on, Dallas found their legs. Uh, Alex, I have to agree with you. Um, you know, Dumba, you, you fight there. It ends everything, kind of calms things down. Yep. Um, Pavelski, I mean, I, I actually went to Sharks camp uh, with Pavelski. And uh, the guy is super smart and his awareness on the, I was actually surprised that he didn't see the hit coming uh, from him, but his head did hit the ice and, and it's, it's scary. Uh, That's what so made I, it worse. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. He's going to be out for a few days with the new protocols with the concussions and stuff. But is that a big loss? I mean, it is a big loss, but it's a bad bounce with Dallas. You just got to move on. I mean, the puck popped out, you know, Hartman scores and, and that's it. You do, you know, you forget about it. I'm sure the coach came in and said, you know, it's over and done with Let's move on. Uh, Edmonton, I mean, they, you know, dominated the first, um, I, I think Alex or uh, Ian and I both, uh, liked the first period, uh, minus a half for Edmonton last night. Which yeah, we did. We nice. cashed that. Good thing. That's what we had primarily, not the full yeah. game. Yeah. Nice plus plus money there. Um, yeah. they scored in the, the five on three, um, you know, and then after that, um, I don't know, the Kings are just, you know, I kind of, I kind of liked, uh, when Drew Doherty kind of. They were saying the media is going to slap David or something, or he was he was yep. talking some some trash. So they're into it. They're not as scared of Edmonton. I mean, I, I have Edmonton in the series. I like Edmonton. I think the the West is a little weaker. I, I thought Edmonton would actually go go pretty far, but like you said, there's no panic to them. They they were there last year. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Is um, I don't know what you could do differently. Um, if you're the Kings, I mean, you you kind of took it to the chin early on. You, you took their, their best punch and you came back and you fought back and took advantage of some PPs. Um, you know, it's going to be a tight series, a lot tighter than I thought, I think. Yeah. And you know what? It's a, it's, it's not only it's people will say, wow, everyone talks about the Edmonton power play. Look at what the LA power play did in overtime. Well, the LA power play really didn't do anything till the tying goal and the game winning goal. And they had like seven or eight power plays last. The Edmonton penalty kill was really good last night until you know, the tying goal late in the third and then the overtime power play. And then they, that's when the damage was done, unfortunately, for them. So, uh, But again, uh, L.A.'s a very resilient bunch, mentally tough. They're a damn good hockey team. It kind of pained me, actually, to pick Edmonton in that series. As much, And I love Edmonton. I still think they'll win the series, but I, it's, I, I really liked what I had seen all season from L.A. Yeah. And uh, they're still very live in that series, L.A., uh, uh, no doubt. And they showed it last night. Uh, all right, let's get to tonight. We've got four game ones. Uh, Betcast Tuesday. Make sure you're aware of that. We'll be on our the uh, live Betcast tonight. Our first for the Stanley Cup playoffs tonight. There it is on the screen. Tuesday, April 18th. Live betting and commentary with me, Alex, and of course all of our viewers and listeners that uh, decide they want to join us. We'll send you the link for the Betcast, and we will make sure you can join us on the stream tonight. DM me at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com. Bring your booze. Drinking encouraged. It's a bar and a pub atmosphere with every Betcast. 
Uh, looking forward to it tonight, so make sure you join us for our first Stanley Cup playoffs live betcast tonight, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And what a great quartet of games uh, we have tonight uh, on this second night of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we will begin uh, with the New Jersey Devils hosting the New York Rangers. Devils back into the playoffs, minus 130 favorites here in game one, five and a half being the total. I'm on the Rangers in the series, as you all know. Uh, at uh, a small plus price. Uh, I just think for the Devils, as great a season as they've had and as lethal and as offensively as they can be and as fast as they are, and they have a fast team, all four forward lines uh, are great and lethal in transition. They can all skate. The defense is very mobile, one through six with Siegenthaler, Hamilton, Graves, Marino, uh, Damon Severson and company. Um, Excellent in terms of their skating ability, and it's going to put some pressure on the Rangers' blue line, but... The Rangers have the experience of getting to an Eastern Conference final last year. What is it? Barely, uh, you know, 10 players on the Devils that have seen playoff hockey. I mean, it's just a huge uh, difference in experience. Meanwhile, you've got cup winners littering this uh, Rangers team, including the two guys they brought in at the deadline and Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko bringing them in for this time of year. They've got the better goaltender. I don't care who it is, Vanacek or uh, Akira Schmid or Blackwood, any of them. Uh, they're not Igor Shosturkin. Uh, the Rangers have the edge there uh, in this series. I think the blue line, too, a little bit more physicality, a little bit more playoff, rugged, defensive-minded style of play is what you can get from the Ranger blue line, especially when you talk about Truba and uh, Lindgren. Uh, Schneider's pretty good in his own. Mikola has been really solid since they got him in that Tarasenko trade from St. Louis. Uh, you know, and then they've got the mix of the guys that can skate and move the puck like Keandre Miller and Adam Fox. So I think it's a very well-rounded blue line for the Rangers. We know they've got scoring in bunches potentially. I mean, if everyone's clicking offensively, this is a scary team up front. Kreider's advantage ad, Patrick Kane, Panarin, Trocek, Tarasenko. That's your top six. Pretty impressive. We haven't even gotten to the kid line yet, which, by the way, was their best line in the Stanley Cup playoffs for much of last year. Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, who heated up down the stretch this year. And, of course, and the guy I'm going to really target for props tonight and in this series, Philip Heedle, who was Mr. Playoffs last year for the New York Rangers. I was very impressed with him. I'm, I'm not going to wait around. I'm going to look at Philip Heedle anytime goal scorer and to get a point here tonight uh, in this first game, knowing what he was able to do. Uh, in the playoffs last year, uh, and that was uh, contribute and make a big-time impact for the Rangers uh, offensively. So uh, as far as this game goes, I'm going to look more toward probably some uh, live opportunities, but I'm going to have a small split on the 5.5 over and the Rangers team total over in this game, which is only 2.5, you know, at around minus 135, minus 140. So a couple small bets pregame on the uh, – Ranger team total over and the full game over five and a half. But other than that, going to save a lot for the uh, bet cast. I'm already on Rangers in the series, so I'm not taking Rangers money line here uh, in game one. And again, as far as props go, I'm interested. And Savannah Jad, you probably have to look at him to find the back of the net, not only because the price is north of plus 200, but he was the leading goal scorer last year uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, for the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, he actually tied with Kreider in most goals in their playoff run to the Eastern Conference Finals. He led them in points with 24. So, And it's his birthday, says uh, TL in our chat. So uh, it's funny. In, in basketball, this happens, too. The birthday boy usually makes an impact and has a good game. So uh, Mika's advantage at any time goal score definitely will be on my card here as well for this Rangers-Devils game. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Game one, Hudson-River rivalry back on again. 
Yeah, this is going to be exciting. I think this game is going to be maybe it's, we might see some of the same physicality that we saw with that Dallas Minnesota game last night, and it's just it's just natural because these two teams do not like each other, and it doesn't matter if it's you know Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko just joining the team; they'll they'll understand and pick up quickly, uh, especially considering those two were actually rivals against one another years ago. They they know the importance of having uh, that initial step of getting out in front on the road. Uh, against a rival in a series and trying to establish the dominance. And, you know, we talked about it, you know, in the preview about how the Devils are where we thought the Rangers would be this year. You know, no one was expecting the Devils to be one of the best teams in the league and come out and get home ice and be in the playoffs. Everybody was thinking the Rangers, are, you know, Stanley Cup contenders, that, that, you know, arguably the runaway team to win it out of the East. And so to see that flip around and know that these two teams are going to be in each other's way, it's, I, I'm expecting tons of fireworks, and I'm expecting a higher-scoring series between these two teams. You know, obviously with the Rangers having the X factor in goal, which is Sturkin, but Vanacek's been a, a quality goaltender as well. You would look at these two teams and probably expect a, a, a bit of a lower-scoring battle being that it's the playoffs. But I think early in this game, in, in this series, we're going to see goals. I love the first period over. It's only a dollar ten at FanDuel. Uh, so I jumped on that. That's a, a, yeah. a big play of mine, actually. And uh, everything else, yeah, I'll just be waiting for the for the bet cast. I'm staying away from a side here. We we'll probably sprinkle a little something on the draw, uh, but I think this is gonna be a higher scoring one. So I'd also look at that over five and a half as well. You know what? I'm gonna probably put a little on the first. I, I'm more interested in doing first period overs in the playoffs than I was during the regular season. And if you look last night, Edmonton, LA was a first period over that got there. Uh, pretty comfortably a uh, last day. And by the way, if you're keeping track, every game except da- Minnesota Dallas last night, goal in the first 10 minutes cashed. Mm-hmm. There was a goal in the first 10 minutes in every other game. Islanders, Hurricanes, Panthers, Bruins, Oilers, Kings. They all had a goal in the first 10 minutes. So that's definitely something I would actually throw something on here as well in this one. Goal in the first 10 minutes here with this uh, Rangers and the uh, uh, Devils game. And I like that over one and a half minus 110. You just don't see that. I'm actually yeah. a little surprised they put a five and a half. I get it with Shesterkin. I get it with the Rangers defensive capabilities. And the, New Jersey can hunker down defensively when they want to as well. But with all the firepower up front that both teams have, and you're putting a five and a half out there, and the series history this year, by the way, Rangers, Devils, three of the four games went over between these two teams during the regular season. So to me, I was I was more than a little bit surprised it's five and a half and not six or six and a half. And, and with that first period, the last 13 meetings, 10 and three to the over with what it said at one and a half. So. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, we definitely think they're they're underselling these totals, the first period uh, total and the full game total, Alex and I, in this game. What do you think here, uh, Matt, Rangers, Devils? I'm with you. I'm, I'm on the Rangers for the series. I, I love uh, teams that, you know, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year and lost. I think teams learn a lot from that. Um, so I, I love backing teams that lose first because I think you got to lose first sometimes before you win. Um, Rangers to me have the better goaltending, no matter who who's in that with the devils. Um, I love the fact, I mean, I, I grew up in Buffalo, um, Patrick Kane. I, I think he's, he's going to find the energy to be impactful, um, with, with that. Um, the Rangers, uh, I think their road record during the regular season was better than their home record. Um, so I like them tonight to, to get off on the right track. The Devils, I love the, the Devils, how they play, the, the speed of the game. It's like that new, um, you know, 2023, the way you play just really fast from line one to line four. Their defense is quick. I love Lindy Ruff. Obviously, he was the Buffalo Sabres coach for a while. So I like what he does. Um, 
to me, I, with that price, the first period over, I, I'm probably going to have to follow you guys on that one as well. Um, I do like the Rangers to start off here. Um, I think they'll be ready to go. And the, and the experience, I think, just it's just a little too much. I know it sounds old school with all the new advanced stats and stuff, but I think their experience is going to play a, a role. I think the, the last year, the, the Foxes and the Sturgeons, they all they all learned to uh, to play and how to play in the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, if I if I were to pick, if I were to pick two guys to score tonight, my favorite goal scorer props. I like Heedle a little bit. I could I could uh, make a case for uh, Kako, like our guy Cuban in the in the uh, chat is here. Uh, as well, because Kako really stepped up down the stretch. He had uh, goals in four of the last uh, eight games for the uh, New York Rangers, actually four of the last seven games. So he started to play a little bit better for them. But I like Zabanajad for the Rangers, Jack Hughes for the Devils. I'm not overthinking it. You know, in the playoffs, you, and I think uh, those are your two guys, I think, have a real good chance to uh, find the back of the net here tonight for their uh, respective teams. But uh, no doubt this should be a uh, – uh, a great, uh, exciting series, uh, entertaining series, and, and I think you're going to see it uh, definitely uh, play out that way. As far as shots on goal, uh, I want to point out Panarin's been shooting the puck more. Uh, would look toward him over two and a half. Uh, Dougie Hamilton for the Devils potentially over shots on goal. Jack Hughes is all, and I think for Jack Hughes too, his first playoff game, I think he's really going to be wired, and that's going to result in him firing that puck a lot. Jack Hughes tonight reminds me uh, a little bit of. Uh, it wasn't his first playoff game, obviously, because he played last year for Dallas. But Jason Robertson was just shooting the puck all over the place last night for Dallas. I think you'll probably get uh, something uh, close to that from, uh, you know, from uh, our, from Jack Hughes tonight. So uh, definitely over the uh, shots prop. Um, yeah, it's uh, he sheer does not get the credit he deserves for. Uh, we know he can chip in offensively, but he's a great, great defensive center. He really is, and he does not get credit for it uh, at all. Uh, compared to some other players in the league, he he will make things tough, you know, on Zabanajad in particular in that top line. But Zabanajad, he faced tough checking last year. Boston, in or I should say, who it was Carolina uh, in the uh, second round. You know, they faced some tough checking in that series, and they prevailed uh, in it. And he was a big factor offensively, and again led them in uh, points tied for the team lead in goals in the playoffs last year. I think he can fight through it, still find uh, the way. So I'm going to uh, to find the back of the net. So I'm going to st- look at a spread in the wealth. Like I said, a little Rangers team total over, a little first period over, and a little full game over. A little bit on all three for me here uh, in this uh, Rangers-Devils game. All right, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we've got uh, Toronto minus 155. Home favorites here in game one, six the total. Uh, by the way, make note for you, everybody watching on television in the States, TBS Turner has their first game of the playoffs tonight, and it's that Rangers Devils game. It's actually the only game they have tonight. So make sure you don't go to ESPN for that. It's on TBS Rangers and Devils. It'll be Kenny Albert and Keith Jones calling that. Tampa Toronto is ESPN. It'll be uh, the same guys that did the Boston game last night Sean McDonough, Ray Ferraro, and Emily Kaplan with them as well in Toronto tonight. Uh, as far as this game goes, um, look, I ain't betting it. I've made my case. Toronto's the better team. I think they're finally going to shake the playoff, you know, doldrums and win. But I'm not laying minus 155 to figure that out uh, in game one. They did pummel Tampa Bay in game one last year, if you'll recall, even though they lost that series in game seven. Uh, that that ended up being a very much uh, a game where or a series where Toronto just came out flying in game one. Uh, and then, of course, Tampa tied it in game two. Uh, and uh, the rest was history. It ended up being Tampa in uh, seven at the end of the day. 
I think you're going to get another, you know, flying start from Toronto, you know, kind of tempted by them to either score the first goal or first period puck line, but I have not bet it. I, I don't know. I've got a phobia with Toronto. I, I, I was, I was just basically, it, I needed my arm twisted a lot to even put Toronto in a series parlay, let alone bet at them game to game, just because of the franchise woes they've had in the playoffs for the last 20 years. But you know, everything that you look at here with these two teams, the Tampa's a sinking ship. Tampa's played a lot of hockey. They have nothing left in the tank. Their, their defense is nowhere close to as good as last year. I'm convinced of that. When you lose a Ryan McDonough, you lose uh, a couple of the players they had last year, Ruda, as well on the blue line, you're not as good. Nick Perbix and some of these other defensemen aren't as good. You know, they, they, they don't have that depth on the blue line. I don't think their third and their fourth line is nearly as good as it's been the last couple of years. Obviously, you still know that Kucherov and Stamkos and Braden Point are dangerous. And, of course, their blue line is still led by a good duo in Hedman and Sergachev. But, you know, once you get beyond that, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a tough time, I think, for Tampa Bay uh, in this one in terms of their depth not being as good either up front and the blue line. You still probably have to give the nod to uh, Vasilevsky and Net because of everything he's accomplished and winning the Cups and being the best goalie in the NHL for years. But this has not been his best year. He's been beaten high glove side. He's given up a lot more softer goals, bad goals, and I've seen him uh, in recent seasons. And even though Ilya Samsonov doesn't have the pedigree of winning, you know, playoff series and championships, he's been excellent for the Leafs this year. So can he match Vasilevsky here in this series? The way he's played this year, you got to have hope he can. And just, you know, I don't think the playoff pressure is going to shake him at all either because I know his playoff record in Washington wasn't good, but it's a different team now. He's saying all the right things. I'm just focusing on my game. I'm not worrying about other things. The confidence. He had the gem of a quote the other day talking about why he believes in this Leafs team. He thinks we have the best team. And they asked him why. He says, well, we have the best coaches, the best therapists, the best team doctors, the best training staff, the best uh, coaches. I mean, he was basically going down the list of all the things that make Toronto great, every uh, element of the hockey team. Uh, so it was a hilarious quote. But he's a very confident goalie. Uh, Ilya Samsonov. And to be honest, he should be confident because he's had a great season for the Leafs. So um, I think Toronto wins the game. I ain't betting it, but uh, I do have them in uh, a parlay or two to win their series. Um, if anything, like I said, I do think that first period puck line, though, I am tempted by that. Uh, as far as the totals go, I'm going to do a first period full game over split in this game. I think just game one, you could see it a little more ragtag, a little bit more uh, up and down, a little looser, and then it tightens up as the series goes because there's some books that have fallen to five and a half now with the uh, total. It's still mostly six at, at a bunch of books, but you know this full game total in, at a couple of places has fallen to five and a half, and it's kind of like with that Rangers-Devils series where you know I think maybe it's fallen a little bit too much. So I'm going to go with a little over one and a half minus 105 first period split with the full game. Uh, over five and a half, by the way, uh, with the uh, hold on with the uh, Tampa Toronto, the first period over, I should say, yeah, minus one fifteen at Pinnacle, the full game over. Like I say, it's minus one thirty at um, Fanduel. So, uh, at when with it falling to five and a half, I'm going to split between those two tonight here uh, in game one, uh, the first period full game uh, over. I like Nylander, Marner, uh, shots on goal props, Nylander goal props. I've got a Nylander top goal scorer series in the series uh, prop at plus six hundred. And I think Nylander will find the back of the net here tonight uh, in this one for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Alex? Lightning Leafs. Yeah, well, like I talked about it in the preview. I like the Leafs to finally win this, uh, you know, get a, win a first round. 
for the first time in forever. I like them to win this in five. And I think they're going to come out hot and heavy. So that crowd's got to be loud and electric. And what they need to help them hope with so. that, yeah, what they yeah. need to help out with that would be goals. So uh, yeah. I am going to take a shot with that first period puck line. I've seen it as high as plus 165 at DraftKings. Uh, that's that's a great number there for for the first period puck line. So I'm taking a shot with just that. Nothing else. Don't want anything full game, side, or total. I do kind of lean with that overlook. Uh, but just, you know, we know, like I said, Samsonov and Vasilevsky, they have the tendency to kind of lock things down, especially if it is haywire early. I think these are two coaches yeah. and two goaltenders that can make those adjustments to slow down the game a little bit. So, so I'm glad we'll be on the back cast. This probably be one I'll dabble in more live than any of the other uh, four games tonight. So just stay in with the first period puck line on the Leafs and then adjusting from there. Yeah, which makes sense. You're already uh, uh, committed pre-series with some Leaf stuff. You know, yeah. let's see the game transpire. And on the BetCast tonight, which we'll be on, we can uh, make some uh, live betting uh, decisions and some opportunities can uh, present themselves. Uh, what do you think here, Matt, Tampa Bay, Toronto? Well, it's, it's this one's tough for me because um, – Obviously, I've been down in Florida for about 12 years, grew up in Buffalo, moved down to Florida. So I am a Tampa fan, um, you know, grew up hating the Leafs, being a Sabres fan, but I uh, had to enjoy hockey elsewhere after uh, 12 years of uh, tank tanking and everything else. But um, yeah, Tampa's, you know, uh, you, you can, they're struggling. They struggled down the stretch. I think they went like four and eight down the stretch, one and four in the last five games. Uh, awful road record this year. I've said that record. Awful road record this year. Yeah. Edmund is not the same. I mean, you can break down any stat you want. His advanced stats are, are worse. Uh, Vasilevsky's, they played a lot of hockey. Believe me, it takes its toll. Um, to me, though, it's like you, you got you to gotta take them out. I don't know if everyone's on the Leafs. Um, I don't think Tampa wins tonight. I, I think even the book I have is 160. I, I think that's way too high. Um, I'd look towards the first period over. It's a good price. I think 120, 115 around there. Um, but I, I like Tampa in the series. That might be more of a fan play, but I just think you have to knock them off. I mean, it's been 19 years. The amount of pressure that Matthews and those guys are facing in that city is just tremendous. So, um, I don't know. It's tough to beat Vassy four, four games out of seven. I think, um, he rounds into the form or, you know, his last, uh, two Stanley cup, um, you know, seasons, I think he was under two in goals against and over like 925 in save percentage. So, um, but you're right, losing, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's more of a fan play, but tonight I'm not touching it besides the first period over. I, I think Tampa streaks it. I think there's too much. So you're pressure. a fan and you're worried. So that's, that's really telling. Yeah. <laughs> For Tampa. Yeah. Well, I, I was hoping they'd pick up a demon at the, the trade deadline. Um, you know, the, the once you get out of the top three, it really goes downhill. Yeah. Uh, Bogosian, I mean, his, his stats are just terrible. Sometimes they haven't even paired with Hedman. I think that's probably why some of his games are uh, less than that. Um, but tonight, yeah, first period over. But I, I do think Tampa squeaks it out. But I'm probably going to be wrong on that. But I, I think there's so much pressure on Toronto. Uh, I think guys like Ryan O'Reilly and stuff will come to the room and actually help you know, calm them down if, if there are some ups and downs in the series. But, um, yeah, that's all I got on that. Yeah, I think, uh, by the way, don't sleep. Uh, for, if someone's going to contribute outside of the big guns like Kucherov, Point, Stamkos uh, for Tampa, don't don't sleep on Hagel. Don't sleep on Colton and Paul. Paul had the two goals in Game 7 last year against Toronto. But Alex Kalorn is the one I keep on t talking about for Tampa Bay. Like, this guy – 
this guy had no offense in his game for like the first half of the season. Like he was just mired in zero, zero, zero goals, assists, points. And all of a sudden, since the all-star break, you what know, about the playoffs actually, last year? He didn't score a goal. No, he, he was didn't. terrible. See, that's the only hesitancy that I have with an Alex Kalorn goal and point prop tonight is that yeah. the playoffs, he didn't do well last year for the lightning. But if you look at current form, you know, down the stretch of the regular season, he was one of their best offensive players for the Tampa Bay Lightning, Alex Kalorn. So I'm still tempted to look at a, a Kalorn props tonight, hoping that it could maybe filter through to the uh, playoffs because, you know, like I said, he was terrific down the uh, stretch. And like and like I say, compared to Stamkos and Kucherov and Point, you're getting better prices, better numbers with props involving uh, Alex Kalorn uh, compared to many of the other uh, Lightning players. Like he's only minus 118 to get a point tonight. Uh, and plus 290 to get a goal. I think that's great value considering what he was doing down the stretch. No doubt for the uh, Tampa Bay line. Corey Perry to cheap shot someone minus 200 says uh, Daniel H. Yeah, he'll be up to his uh, he'll be up to his old tricks for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's no question. But the thing is, the Leafs, unlike last year, where they didn't have the policeman on their team to kind of handle him and deal with that bullshit. You know, they've got a Luke Shen now. They got a Jake yeah. McCabe now. They've got uh, uh, Nola Chari won't back down to anybody. You know, all these guys that they added are all guys that are giving them a little more physicality, grit, meanness, and uh, and basically take no shit attitude. And that's going to, I think, help them, uh, no doubt, in this series. This is like the series, series when you're the watching the NFL games and yeah. all the broadcasters are doing the picks. You know, and they all, every one of them's got the Bengals, and you're like, okay, yep. the Bengals just lost. Uh, that's how I kind of feel about this series. Is uh, yeah, I, I know. The, no, I, I like I say, everything your eyes and brain tells you, Toronto. But you're right. You're, you're right. them now for the most. And you were right on the uh, McDonough. I mean, they they that was a huge loss for them. They never made it up, and uh, yeah, that's why I think Toronto will be able to score goals um, against Tampa, regardless of how the series turns out. Yeah, and this is the saves prop that I like the most tonight. I'm on Andre Vasilevsky over saves because I think Toronto's peppering the net tonight. I really, I gotta believe they're gonna carry the game flow. Doesn't mean they're gonna win the game, but carry the game flow. Like, you know, you know, we saw Edmonton do that early in the game last night. We saw the Carolina Hurricanes really carry the game flow against the Islanders, where they heavily outshot the. I think you're gonna see that tonight. Like this could be like a 38 to 25, 24 kind of shot edge for Toronto tonight. Because I do think they're going to be ramped up in front of the home fans, shake the demons of playoffs past. So I like a Vasilevsky over saves over 30 and a half tonight. And the thing with that is, it's kind of alluding to what you said yesterday, is that if that overshot hits, chances are that means there's not a lot of block shots, which probably means there's going to be a few of those going in. So, you know, for for Toronto or for Tampa's sake, they probably want that shot total to go under because then that means that those defensemen in front are blocking shots and getting in front with those active sticks. But uh, but I think I think that's a, a good look for tonight. Yeah, Vasilevsky, I think he will see a lot of rubber, even though those guys in front will be busy too. But I think yeah, a lot will get through, and he'll have to make some saves. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's one other uh, save prop that I'm interested in tonight, and then one of the uh, late Western games. But this one's my favorite tonight for sure is Vasilevsky for Tampa Bay over saves uh, in this game tonight. Uh, all right, good stuff. That is the uh, first two games, the Eastern Conference uh, first round game one matchups taking place tonight. Uh, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube and shout out to our podcast listeners. We'll be right back to talk Western Conference first round game one matchups tonight in just a moment right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. 
grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics. Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you'll get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, Winnipeg, Vegas, West first round game one. We've got the uh, Golden Knights minus 150 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this one. Um, this is really interesting because if you, the way I really dissected the matchup and dissected this series is up front, I still give Vegas an edge because of the fact that I like their depth a little bit in the third and the fourth line, especially with what we've seen from them down the stretch. And especially because they get Mark Stone, their captain, back. Oh, the mysterious little loophole comes in handy once again for the Vegas Golden Knights. The old Tampa Bay method, you know, bury someone on LTIR when they're on uh, injured for much of the season, then just magically reappear come playoff time. And that's Mark Stone for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. But they'll obviously be thrilled to have him back. Now, can he stay healthy? Can he withstand the punishment of a long playoff run? Because he always seems to get injured the last couple of years. But certainly, I mean, he still makes them a lot better team. The goaltending carousel. I think Bruce Cassidy and this Golden Knights team deserves credit for still being the number one seed in the West in spite of a goaltending carousel. They've had how many different goalies? Four start for them this year at some point. Uh, you saw Leonard hasn't even been available to them all year. They had Logan Thompson. They had Aiden Hill. Neither of those guys are available to them to start game one tonight. And now they got to bring in Jonathan Quick from the Kings, but they're still a little shaky on him being uh, at the level he needs to be to be their starting goalie. And all of a sudden, this goaltending number one spot in game one tonight falls to Laurent Brossois for the Vegas Golden Knights against his former team. He used to back up Connor Hellebuck with the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So what a little storyline subplot that is. Brossois earned the opportunity. Anybody that's watched Vegas play down the stretch, he's played well, extremely well for the Golden Knights. Now, the only thing you concern yourself with is now can you do it in playoff time? Pressure ratchets up a little bit, but he's earned it based on the ability and the way he played down the uh, stretch. Uh, so I like the Vegas up team up front. I certainly give Vegas an edge on the blue line uh, uh, with their uh, defensemen because you look at what they have one through six. It's terrific. Martinez, Petrangelo, McNabb, Theodore, Haig, White Cloud. That's a real strong uh, group of six uh, on the blue line. Deeper back there compared to Winnipeg, in my opinion. Uh, Winnipeg's great with the top six, especially when they're rolling. And that wasn't always the case when things were starting to fall apart. But Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Scheifele, they all got their game back on track a little bit down the stretch. Nino Niederreiter was a nice addition from Minnesota. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are some concerns tonight, no namely Nikolai Ehlers suddenly popping up as a game-time decision for the uh, Winnipeg Jets tonight with an upper body injury uh, here uh, in this game. So, 
you know, that that's concerning. Nikolai Ehlers is one of those guys I count on or I trust to show up in playoff time. He's done that before. For you know, in this game, Jeez. does that mean the Winnipeg Jets are going to win this game? The dog is live. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe that symbolism uh, right there. But uh, this is really, really tough because uh, to me, I think Vegas is – better team and they're going to win this series but you can't underestimate the fact that you've got one of the elite goalies in the nhl and hellebuck he, he resides on the jets you know and is brossois ready to keep playing the way he did in the regular season that's the one question mark you know because goaltending you have to give winnipeg the edge because of hellebuck's pedigree against a guy that's never played in a playoff game before or started at least in a playoff game before i think maybe brossois replaced hellebuck maybe in a playoff game in in Winnipeg, but not started one before uh, Brossois. So, you know, I, I do think Vegas wins this series, but I think it's tough. I don't think it'll be easy. I think Winnipeg will, it will be a competitive in this series, but I've got Vegas and six kind of in my mind here against the uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets. I'm not betting this one pregame other than I like the draw uh, here in game one. I think, you know, the first game adjustment for Brossois, you know, he could be feeling it a little bit. Vegas, though, uh, uh, the propensity to play, pretty close hockey games we obviously saw both uh western conference first round games last night go to overtime cash the draw i'm not saying you bet every western game now to the draw but this one has some sense to it uh, in my opinion that we could see this game go beyond uh 60 minutes here i think it'll be a very close uh tightly contested game one so give me the draw it's the only pregame bet i've got side or total in this one uh, alex jets golden knights yeah right there with you this is the first draw i actually bet uh, a couple of days ago when these lines came out, I got plus 320s shop around because I've seen it drop down to plus 310 in some books, I've seen it as high as plus 330 or 335. So, uh, except FanDuel and Pinnacle have certainly been the top two places to try to grab draw prices for sure. But, uh, definitely want to shop around here. But like I said, I just feel like it's gonna be a tight series. I bet pre uh, series, you know, that there'll be three games to go to overtime at eight to one. And also took a shot that the series ends in six games at plus 205. I don't really know if I'm actually going to take a true side uh, at any point in this. Obviously, down the road, I might bet a, a money line side. But for these first two games, first three games, I'm probably going to be just looking at the draw uh, and looking at totals because I think it's going to be that close back and forth where, you know, if you like a, a side in this game, you'll probably be able to grab a plus price on either team live. If you like Winnipeg, grab them now. But uh, I think they could maybe jump out early and you can grab Vegas on a plus price if they're trailing. Uh, in, in the game, I, I think I just expect the back and forth pace to be a great series to, to bet the next to score props. I think we'll be able to see that kind of momentum in real time enough to grab some of those during the series. So it's just the draw for me right now. Like I said, I got plus 320. Um, and then we'll just dive in with the live bets later. I definitely think the uh, draw worth a look here uh, in uh, this one with the uh, Jets and the uh, Golden Knights. Uh, and like I say, this is going to be another series where we could see, you know, a lot of uh, close games and maybe one, if not more. Uh, overtime games as well. And by the way, I want to point something out again about FanDuel. Again, just delivering the goods with the best prices when it comes to the draw bets. You can get plus 340 uh, at FanDuel right now, just a little bit better uh, than it seems like the majority. Uh, so uh, make sure you shop around if you're uh, going to jump on that uh, draw uh, bet. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Matt, Winnipeg and Vegas? Uh, Vegas, you know, it's Mark Stone coming back. Uh, I think he's slated to... Uh, be on the third line with Stevenson and Armadio. Um, so I don't know how much effect he'll have early. I think what he had surgery in January, but that'll be a big boost in, in the room for them. Um, all three games, I think, in the regular season went towards Vegas. I think uh, the only thing there is all three were played before Christmas. So I think the Jets were 
playing their best hockey down the stretch. I think they went five and one their last six to get in the playoffs. Um, I kind of like the Jets in the series. I'm probably alone on that, but um, I like Hellenbach. I mean, 64 games he played, he just rolled through the regular season. Uh, I think they have the edge in, in goaltending. Um, I love, love the fact the last game when the Jets clinched and uh, they were playing the Wild and uh, they sent out Reeves. And Lowry stood up and fought the toughest guy in the league for no reason. You know, the game was over. Um, I just think that does so I absolutely much uh, love Adam Lowry's game. He can play on my team any day of the week. Both yeah. ends of the ice. Sticks up for teammates. Tough as nails. T- takes on all comers. Yeah. I think I watched that fight four times. It gave me chills yeah. uh, just for the fact to to do that. So, I, I um, in this game, I, don't, I, I have nothing yet. Um, you know, I'm not paying 150 on Vegas. I, Maybe Vegas first period, a half, you know, have good plus money. They always seem to play good early on um, at home. Um, but I, I do like the Jets in the series. I think it'll be close. Six or seven games go either way. I, I wouldn't argue, you know, if Vegas won, uh, it'd be close. But I, I do like the Jets. Um, I think it's their time to uh, to move past round one. All right, like in Winnipeg here uh, in a mild upset over the, uh, actually I shouldn't say mild, but uh, yeah, decent-sized upset here against the uh, Vegas uh, Golden Knights. And there's, look, right away the goaltending is what you point to in terms of why Winnipeg could be live to pull the upset. Uh, but for me, like I said, as long as Brossois does not give up too many of those Alex Lyon-type goals like he <laughs> gave up to Marshawn last night, you know, just just don't give up the horrendous goal. Okay, play solid, play steady. You don't even have to steal the game for Vegas play solid play steady no bad goals to me if that happens Vegas wins this series because I just think up front they're a little deeper defense definitely blue line they're deeper Uh, there's no argument there with what they've got compared to Winnipeg so it's going to be don't allow the bad goal don't allow the the stinker uh, if you're Laurent Brossois uh, in this uh, series in Vegas I think in my opinion if, if that happens they'll be fine all right final game Seattle Kraken Colorado Avalanche get the coffee out for Bob with shoes and Brian Boucher in the booth. They're going to need it tonight after calling the Dallas game last night, flying to Colorado to do this one tonight. Uh, minus 200 home favorites, the Avs, six the total uh, here in game one. I'm doubling up here with um, first period and full game over with the Kraken and the Avs. I think we're going to see goals in this series. I think, and look, McCarr has been cleared. Huge news for Colorado. He will be good to go. And in the lineup tonight for game one, obviously the big announcement before the uh, series started was uh, Gabe Landeskog uh, being out for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, Matt, I'll get your thoughts on what McKinnon said regarding Landeskog. Alex and I talked about this a couple days ago. His quote was, this kills us. And I'm like, why are you talking like that? You're talking with this defeatist attitude. Like, man, Landeskog's out. We're cooked. You know, and it's just, I couldn't believe that's the words he uttered. Yeah. This kills us from McKinnon when they, they talked to, asked him about Melandeskog being shut down for the playoffs. Yeah, that's that was kind of shocking, um, you know, especially from the standpoint is how much they played, you know, without him and yeah. uh, yeah. fine. So, um, it's, you know, they really don't even have a Stanley They're Cup. They're good enough. They don't want a division. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they got a great matchup here. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand that. And, yeah. and, you know, it's not like it was a surprise to them. They knew all along. I mean, it's a surprise to us outside the room. But, I mean, they knew what he was dealing with all this time, that his chances of coming back were slim to none. Yeah, I mean, to me, it was uh, it was surprising to hear those kind of uh, words uttered, uh, no question about it, by 
uh, Nathan McKinnon going into uh, this uh, series against the uh, Seattle Kraken. Now, I'm, look, I, I'm actually of the belief here in this game tonight that this is going to be a little bit of a tougher series for Colorado than some people think because this Seattle team, they work hard. You know, they, they, they've got a much better chemistry than they had last year. And I think they their ability to skate, and that's the thing about Seattle. They can play in a pace-driven game. They actually push their pace. They play fast. They really do. You know, they try to get the puck north-south as quickly as possible. They actually won't be in awe of Colorado, you know, playing that way all the time for 60 minutes. And if you look at the season series, three meetings, they were all tough games for Colorado. Seattle beat them twice during the regular season, including twice here in Denver, 3-2 scores, including one game that went to overtime, uh, and then a 2-1 shootout win for Colorado. So nothing came easily head-to-head for the Colorado Avalanche against the Seattle Kraken. So I don't like this draw as much as the Winnipeg-Vegas game, but I did sprinkle a little here on the draw with Seattle-Colorado in Game 1, and I also like this uh, first period and full game uh, over. I think you're going to see uh, two goals at least in the uh, opening period. And, and I think with this total sitting at uh, six here, uh, you know, not the key six and a half, which is where I sometimes in the playoffs get a little bit more hesitant to bet an over. Uh, I'm going to get in on it here. Over six minus 108 for the full game total at Pinnacle. First period over is over one and a half minus 132 at Pinnacle, which is not a bad price at all. So the first period full game overs and a little bit of a sprinkle on the uh, draw here. Uh, in this matchup as well. Uh, Alex, uh, game one, Kraken, Av. Yeah, I'm on the on the full game over. I grabbed minus $1.10 at six uh, a couple of days ago. The first period over, I, I would lean that way, but that's one I'd probably wait and play in game. I try to get a plus price with that. I think we could see more goals scored later in this contest. You look back at the last three means, like I said, you know, Seattle's given Colorado fits. All three of those games, it was scoreless in the first. Uh, so, Looking at that that angle, I could I could see where we might even be able to get you know Alex. I grabbed six at a dollar ten because I just figured this line might actually go up either in price or even a number to up to six and a half. It didn't, so now you could probably even sit and wait and, and grab up about five and a half. Uh, you know, might have to lay a little more there with a dollar fifteen, dollar twenty in game, but I, that wouldn't, I wouldn't shy away from that look as well. I think we're going to see good pace back and forth. I think Colorado is one of those teams that I think will be able to turn up the intensity. Uh, here now that it's playoff time it's not going to be the same old hat of just them they were floating around probably playing seattle you know at the end of a road trip or something crazy like that i think this will be the case here where we see colorado with the intensity early and seattle has enough offense to match it so that back and forth should definitely lend itself to going over with six and i think the first period over should go over that as well but i would wait and grab a, at least attempt to grab a better pricing game yeah, it's uh, Georgiev. Yeah, uh, Georgiev has been excellent, no doubt. But I didn't love his game against Nashville, the final game when they were trying to clinch the division. And there's been a couple games where he was not quite nearly as on his game. And more than anything, this isn't about Georgiev, me slamming him. I don't think Colorado's team defense the last uh, week or so of the season was great and consistent. You know, they were giving up goals. They were giving up chances. Uh, the penalty kill wasn't nearly as good either. Nashville burned them on it uh, in the game where they actually did clinch the uh, – division but it wasn't easy they gave up you know three goals in that game they haven't been locking it down is my point with Colorado you know at times down the stretch so that's why the over I think and I think there's going to be some goals in this year but that's part of my reasoning behind the over Colorado didn't 
played you know like lockdown tight defense uh, down the uh, stretch by uh, at all by uh, necessarily but as far as goal props I mean you can't go wrong with right McKinnon and Ranton and you probably have to start there I mean those two guys have just been uh, terrific for the uh, avalanche uh, going into uh, this these uh, playoffs so and by the way this is the other goal goalie save prop that I like uh, on the card tonight and that's um, Philip Grubauer for Seattle over saves prop. Only 27 and a half. And the reason that is, is what Perlo's saying in the chat. Shot suppression. You know, they're pretty good at limiting shots on goal against Seattle. But Colorado, doesn't matter who they play at home at Ball Arena. I find they get their shots. And they get, you know, at least 30, 35 shots, you know, on home ice. That's just what Colorado does, especially in the playoffs. So I find that that's a little short, that 27 and a half number that they posted with uh, Philip Grubauer uh, over saves tonight for the uh, Kraken. So I'm on that prop. Uh, and that's well. a good, that's a good number too, especially when you consider that, like I said, the way I'm looking at it, I don't think there's going to be necessarily a lot of scoring chances early in the contest. So, you know, you get those saves early and then that way, if it does explode late, let's say Colorado gets a four spot in the second and he gets pulled, but you still might get that 27 over that 27 in, in the first 40 minutes. So you got a little cushion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jared McCann. Yeah, anything Jared McCann. If you're going to bet someone on Seattle, that's your guy. Okay, goal prop, point prop, shots on goal. He's gone over, by the way, uh, three and a half shots on goal in four of the last five games down the stretch. Uh, yeah, if, if that's the guy you target for sure if you're going to bet any cracking uh, player props here tonight. All right, Matt, uh, what do you think here? Game one, Seattle, Colorado. Yeah, Grubauer. Playing against his former team, I think the story will be: can he can he stop the pucks from going in? Uh, kind of like what you just talked about with the Vegas Knights. I think uh, a lot will depend on how he plays. Um, you know, if they have to go to Martin Jones, I don't think that's a good thing. But uh, I think Colorado comes out firing. Um, my play on this would be first period minus a half for the Avs. I mean, they've been on fire down the stretch. I think they were ten one and one. They just been uh, coming in the playoffs. Uh, like gangbusters. So I think they continue their, their play, um, you know, maker coming back is huge uh, for them. I mean, he, he runs their whole PP. Um, so I, I like Colorado first period of half. I do like the first period over. I think I've Seattle was probably the, the team I played that play the most and they seem to always go over in the first period. Um, but to me, it's just if Seattle can, can stop the abs from scoring. Other than that, I think, um, you know, the apps take this series, um, but like Probably them, especially in the in the first period, and that's a good price. If, if you like Colorado in the first period with that puck line, not a bad price at all. Minus a half, a plus 140 is what we are looking at as far as the uh, first period puck line and, there. And just one more thing to add, because uh, I know both of you guys like that first period over, and Ian, you talked about goal score in the first 10 minutes. Seattle, 19-6 and six the last 25 games, uh, yeah. a goal in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, really good. Yeah, definitely really good uh, look. Uh, no question there. And as far as, uh, you know, definitely looking at toward the uh, uh, first uh, goal uh, goal in the first 10-minute prop. Uh, and like I say, I think it's got a chance to hit in the uh, Ranger game. Is I think not a bad way to think about going with that first goal, goal in the first 10 minutes. Toronto-Tampa could happen. The only one I'm shaky about with is Winnipeg-Vegas. I could see that being like Minnesota-Dallas last night, Winnipeg-Vegas, that first period where they go deep into the first period without a goal. That could be the one game where I'd be a lot more concerned uh, with that. Uh, yeah, so th that's basically it. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, there's some other shots on goal props. I just decided to save them for the end. Like I said, I like uh, Marner, Nylander, uh, you know, Hughes, uh, uh, Panarin for the uh, Rangers as well. 
Uh, definitely some good looks. Um, uh, McKinnon, I mean, it's hard to argue with Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon in the playoffs just seems to shoot the puck a ton. You know who I think is going to shoot the puck a ton, too, is Jack Eichel for Vegas. First playoff game, I think he wants to make an impact right away. Uh, Willie scores the big question because you got Hellebuck to deal with, but I think Jack Eichel is going to be shoot-first mentality tonight. He's not always that way, but I think tonight he definitely will be. His first-ever playoff game, you got to believe he's going to be looking to get that first playoff goal while he's at it. So uh, Jack Eichel, I think, for Vegas is a good shot on goal look tonight here as well. All right, great stuff. That's the uh, Tuesday card. We'll be back to wrap it up with best bets. A reminder, uh, check out patreon.com slash iceguys. Just $10 a month. Goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings. The daily Ice Guys show a betting card posted there each day. Bonus content as well. Check it out. Uh, patreon.com slash iceguys. Just $10 a month. Also, make sure to check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We got caps, we got t-shirts, we got hoodies, we got everything you need. Uh, check it all out right there at the Ice Guys store. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, check it out. And like I say, the warm, weather's warming up, so there's a lot of good summer gear that you can get at the uh, Ice Guys store. All right, best bets to wrap up the show in just a moment, right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0, takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it's best bet time to wrap up the show. Matt, we'll st- actually we'll start. Yeah, we'll start with our guest here, Matt uh, Sirozinski. Thank you for very much for joining us. Great job. What do you like here for uh, best bet? I gotta say that that Manscaped commercial makes me chuckle every time. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say I could see on the uh, <laughs> that is of the just good stuff. There, I, I laugh. And I'm like, you're enjoying what I'm saying there. I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah. Oh, they should give you. A- Extra, uh, well, I could be a dull, for... boring ass per- human being and just you know, this product brought to you by Manscaped. And oh. just, I'm trying to put a little life into it, put a little <laughs> energy into it, put a little humor into it. So I, that's fun. I appreciate great. that. Um, yeah. my best bets I'm going to go the first period over in Toronto, Tampa, and uh, the other one I guess I'll give two is the Colorado first period of half. Uh, I believe you can get that at around plus 150. 
Yeah, plus 145 will be my two plays of the night. Appreciate you guys having me. It was a great time. I always enjoy listening to you. I, I think all your listeners should appreciate the amount of information you guys give each and every night. Um, you know, just for listen, if you enjoy hockey or betting hockey, uh, the amount of information you give is, is great. A lot of times I'll put some AirPods in while I'm cooking dinner and just listen. Um, it's just, it's good stuff. So I appreciate what you guys do, both you, Alex and Ian. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, no doubt about that, Matt. That's real kind words. We appreciate yes. it. We, we're glad you listen and that you watch regularly. And he does, by the way. I mean, we're, he's a guest on the show today, but he's actually – and not every guest that we've had that's been our, our a player guest that's listening and watching the show like uh, regularly. This guy is. Uh, and we definitely appreciate it from uh, Matt. And Matt, as I always say, Matt, you know anyone that you used to play with that uh, is interested in this kind of stuff? You let them know about the show and uh, where to find us because uh, we're always trying to uh, spread the word for sure. But, Matt, we appreciate the kind words. Alex, uh, best bet, what do you like? Yeah, it's a first period kind of a night. I like that. So uh, we'll go with the Rangers and Devils first period over. Like I said, get it at FanDuel at minus $1.10. I like this thing all the way up to $1.40. Uh, like I said, I think we're going to see a great action, uh, a good back-and-forth pace, and we're going to get at least two goals here in the first 20 minutes. So Rangers-Devils, first period over one and a half, minus $1.10. That's my best bet for this Tuesday. All right, there you go. Rangers and uh, Devils over uh, two, uh, first period, over one and a half for uh, Alex B. Smith uh, with his uh, best bet. Uh, my best bet for this uh, card, I'm going to go with that. Uh, let's go with that Seattle, Colorado over six, uh, even money. I like the first period too, but I'll go with that Seattle, Colorado over six, uh, right around even money. I think we'll see goals in that uh, game and pretty much in that series as well. And if you look at Colorado, they were really trending over, scoring goals in bunches, but not quite the most shutdown defense down the stretch. I think you might see it play out that way tonight as well. So we'll go with that. Kraken Avs over six uh, for my best bet here for this Tuesday card. And that'll wrap it up. We thank everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Reminder, the BetCast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to join us live on the BetCast, just hang out with us. We're just watching the games, live betting. You know, Bring your favorite beverage with you. Uh, a very much a bar and a pub atmosphere with every bet cast. So join us tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, for our first Ice Guys Stanley Cup playoffs live bet cast. Uh, looking forward to that. For Alex B. Smith and Matt Sirozinski, our guest, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will see you tonight in just a few hours, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the Ice Guys live bet cast. Our first one for the Stanley Cup playoffs coming up tonight. Check, check us out then. Join us then. It's the Ice Guys back for the BetCast tonight, presented by National Hockey Now. Mm-hmm.